Hello, and welcome to episode 11, The Fire, Pain, and Ruin, a Rutherford Banner novel, episodic audiobook series. So, last week we saw a lot of chaos happening. Uh, past couple weeks, actually, because there's like just a ton of stuff going on in the middle of the book, um, where previously Spaulding had an affair with Irene, then the last episode uh, focused on Louise primarily, and she had something horrible happen to her with Mr. Connors, and thankfully Billy was there to save her, yet it left her scarred. Uh, that's basically where we left off, right up to that point. So we're going to move forward and find out how did Billy know what happened to Mr. Connors' body and what happened to Louise after. So let's jump into it. Chapter 21, Defile the Lamb. Growing up is never easy. Adults think kids have it good. That's not always the case. As a kid, you go through many trials in a short time. You discover life, love, fear, and death. Then, the concepts of how to make the world work explode in your face. The emotions make it difficult to be in your own skin. Yet, you put trust in your elders to guide you into making right choices. Some elders exploit that trust against the child's knowledge. Some adults trick children. Some adults prey on them. Come on, came Lisa's voice as a pebble bounced against Louise's head. She had completely lost herself in a trance, sitting on the edge of an old collapsed tree, forming a bridge, looking down at the far ground below, covered in sharp rocks. A shallow stream of water ran in between them. It must have carved the ravine over countless centuries. The cliff walls were steep and unforgiving. Don't sit there for too long, Lisa said. That log is rotten. You want to die? Louise's feet hung over the log as she stared at sharp rocks in the shadows below. It's not that bad, Louise said. She'd sat on the bridge hundreds of times before. Lisa had too. Louise wasn't in the mood for playing with her sister, but she was glad to be out of Rutherford Manor. There were too many people there, and she wanted to be alone. After Great Aunt Lilith had finished talking to the midwives, they visited the greenhouse and returned home like nothing had ever happened. Louise was harnessing a dark secret that she couldn't tell anyone because Great Uncle Billy said not to. She had just witnessed her uncle mutilating a man. The flesh. The red liquid. It was everything she imagined a human to look like on the inside. Yet, somehow it was so much worse. Maybe the emotion she'd been feeling for Maxwell caused it, but she shouldn't feel anything. Great Uncle Billy said it was wrong. Maxwell had held her against her will. He was going to... She shuddered, remembering the way he had grabbed her. She felt a sense of discomfort unlike anything else. Another pebble bounced against Louise's shoulder. Come on, Louise, Lisa said. Okay... Louise finally said, pushing herself up and returning from the log bridge to solid ground where her sister waited. Mom is going to be mad if we aren't back for dinner, Lisa said. Yeah, Louise said. You think Mom and Father will fight again? I don't know, Lisa said. It gives me the blues. 
They don't seem to like each other. Like, Louise thought. That was the exact thought Louise had with Maxwell. She knew the man liked her. Mom and father weren't the same. They were both adults. It wasn't wrong. Pedophile. She thought about the new word she learned that horrible day. Me too, Louise said. I'd rather just spend time in the woods. Yeah, like the midwives. Elise won't show me how she managed to get the bird out of her pouch. It's ratty. It's a cheap trick. There's no such thing as magic, Louise said. Are you sure? Where else do birds come from then? The midwives sense things too. Kind of like Great Aunt Lilith. That's true, Louise said. She didn't care right now. Maybe it was magic, maybe it wasn't. Louise felt like she had bigger problems weighing on her psyche. Everything else seemed so small in comparison. The void that hummed inside her was all she could focus on. After Maxwell had moved his hands over her body, a darkness had been born within. Louise felt sick. Her gut continued to twist. This wasn't the same ache she felt when it was that time of the month. This was an entirely new experience. I think I'll bring Samuel here one time, Lisa said. He would like it. Yeah, Louise said. Even thinking about that goofy-toothed Wainwright boy couldn't shift her emotions. That's a good idea. You think we'll have to see the Connors again? Probably. Mom and father seem to like them. Susie's pretty nice, and so is Edward. I like Susie. I don't know about Edward. He's stupid. You don't like any boy, Lisa teased. You just wish you had your own Samuel. Louise swallowed a thick lump of saliva. The thought of boys and feelings made her think of Maxwell. The confusion. The void. Violation, as Billy had put it forced the thoughts to the back of her mind. Let's just get home. The twins walked through the forest leading back to Rutherford Manor. The pathway was one that they had discovered on their own. It was branched off from the main path that Great Uncle Knox used in his morning thinking stroll. The twins had followed it and learned there were more hidden gems in the forest. Technically, the trail would take them all the way to Rowley if they went far enough. It was their hidden play place. Normally, Louise was jazzed to be here. Not today. She just wanted to go to bed and drown in her pool of emotions. Lisa and Louise made it back to Rutherford Manor, coming through the backyard. Great Aunt Lilith was just outside the greenhouse, organizing some of the supplies that she'd bought from the store. Dirt, seed, oils, and a few other bags that Lisa and Louise didn't recognize. Botany. What a mystery. Lisa took a big sniff in the air. You smell that? What? Louise asked. Stew. I think we're having stew for dinner. Okay, Louise said. I'm going to see if mom needs help, Lisa said. I kind of like it when she makes stew. Sure, Louise said, hugging her arm. Lisa hurried off up to the back entrance of Rutherford Manor, disappearing inside. Louise wandered over to Great Aunt Lilith to see what she was doing. She watched as the lady opened a pouch of small seeds. She gently placed each one in its own separate pot half filled with dirt. Are you making your own forest? Louise asked. Making a forest? Great Aunt Lilith asked. Heavens no, just more samples. For what? Louise asked. Well, you can extract some valuable ointments from plants. People pay a hefty price for it too. 
Great Aunt Lilith said. A forest would be cooler, Louise said. You don't need money or rules there. True, if you're an animal. But we're not animals. We're humans, and we have civilization. Yet we look the same on the inside, Louise thought. The midwives like the forest. They don't seem so concerned with civilization. No, they are their own women. I've seen them perform miracles. I mean, I think they did. They're a lot like you. Why don't you join them? Lilith poured some dirt over the seeds, filling the pots to the top. The midwives are on a different path than I am. We have a lot of crossings in beliefs, terminology, and understanding. Yet, my place is here with your great-uncle Knox, you, and your sister. The midwives are older, too. I have my own journey. Is that normal with being young? Finding your own path? Of course. We all discover ourselves. Sometimes the road gets bumpy, but it's up to you to stay on course. What if we're not ready to grow up? What if something happens to us that we don't know about? Does it change us forever? Well, it, that depends. If it's a tragic event, then yes, that can happen. Good events can do that too. That's why you have a family to take care of you. You're never alone, Louise. Louise's heart stopped. Great Aunt Lilith had figured out that Louise was talking about herself. She did have intuition. Louise didn't want to get into this discussion with her great aunt. She didn't want to think about it at all, but she needed to talk to someone. The only person who knew what had happened to her was great uncle Billy. He was family. Maybe he could help. After all, he was the one who saved her. Chapter 22 Deepening Secrets Dusk approached. Kids went to bed, and grown-ups stayed awake. That damn adult club. One perk of having adults around was the safety they brought to children. They protected them and took care of the nuances that kids often weren't able to see. Sometimes, those responsibilities bled late into the night. Kids simply went to sleep, woke up the next day, ate, played, learned, and repeated the cycle. Maybe it was better being a kid, Louise thought. Maybe maturity wasn't all it was cracked up to be. When she was a little girl, men didn't notice her. They didn't prey on her. But she was a young woman now. Louise lay in her bed, tightly gripping her sheets, staring at the ceiling. Dusk had settled, leaving the sky showing off countless stars above the cloudless night. Her sister had fallen asleep easily. It had to be Mom's stew. Not Louise. This insomnia was new. Something told Louise that she wouldn't be able to sleep easily for a long time. She couldn't shrug off the predator, his hands, the hatchet, Mr. Connors morphing into the dead rodent. It was a fusion of visuals and feelings that Louise never considered she would experience or even thought possible. It was one of those pivotal, life-altering moments. She had reached the dividing line between being a kid and being an adult the edge of maturity and remaining innocent. She had fallen. What Louise knew now, she could never unlearn. Something was stripped from her. She didn't know what, but it was gone now. Only emptiness remained. Her sister had no idea what had happened that afternoon. That pained Louise. She wanted to tell her more than anything. 
Lisa was her sister. They were always together. But even if she told her, she wasn't sure how she could bring it up. Trying to explain that you lost something deep inside of you was difficult, let alone trying to explain what Mr. Connors had done. Or Great Uncle Billy, for that matter. No, she couldn't tell Lisa. The girl wouldn't understand. It was something that could only be experienced. Great Uncle Billy, he knew. He had experienced the moment and saved Louise from something infinitely more horrific. There was comfort in being able to relate to someone who had gone through a terrible event. Louise wanted to express her feelings. She'd tried a little with Great Aunt Lilith, but the woman's natural intuition creeped Louise out. Great Aunt Lilith would read her like a book. It'd be best to wait to chat with Uncle Billy. From the window, she'd watch him come back just after dusk as he always did, with a big, heavy-looking linen sack. The sack roughly was the size of a human. It made Louise wonder. He sure was skilled at that hatchet. Unfazed, too. Louise couldn't see Billy from her bedroom window after he went inside. She wanted to look for him, but knew that if Mum found out, there would be hell to pay. So, she had to stay put. Apparently, kids just stared at the ceiling for the whole night if they weren't tired. That made sense. This is stupid, Louise thought while kicking the sheets off. She sat up. Her sister was fast asleep. Peaceful. She was still whole. Louise already missed that. She wondered if she'd ever be like Lisa again. Maybe this emptiness was temporary. One could hope. Louise got up from her bed, put on her shoes, tiptoed to the door, and carefully twisted the knob to pull the door open and sneak outside. She closed it quietly. Nothing creaked. The hall was completely empty. All lights were off. Crying. The sound came within the manor. It perked up Louise's ears. Who could be crying right now? Mom and father were just across the hall. She listened. No, the sound wasn't coming from their room. It was too muffled. The crying continued. Louise tiptoed across the wooden floor, making sure to avoid any creaking sound. She knew this house well enough from sneaking around that she could avoid the creaky spots. A man's deep voice could be heard, muffled by the planks. More sobbing. It was coming from downstairs. Louise carefully crept down the steps one by one. She peeked as far down the foyer as she could to see if there was anyone in the darkness. Nope. Everyone at Rutherford Manor was asleep. She made it to the main floor and navigated to the origins of the sobbing. The sound continued. It was coming from Great Uncle Billy's and Great Aunt Vivian's room. Louise went down the hall and up to the door, gently bringing her ear to the wood. I'm tired of trying, came Great Aunt Vivian's wailing voice. I am as frustrated as you are, dear, Great Uncle Billy said. It's pointless, Great Aunt Vivian said. Footsteps. They were close. Where are you going? Great Aunt Vivian said. Smoke. Outside. We don't have to try tonight. Great Uncle Billy said. I'm sorry. Great Aunt Vivian said. It's fine. It's not you. It's the curse. Great Uncle Billy said. The doorknob began to twist. Oh no. Louise thought while dashing from the door. She ran on her tippy toes, 
hurrying over to the next room, the library. Supposedly, it was her great-great-grandfather's study years ago. She'd never really explored in here, but it didn't matter that much right now. The door to Great Uncle Billy and Great Aunt Vivian's bedroom swung open as Louise peeked around the corner to see Great Uncle Billy storming off to the front of Rutherford Manor. He opened the front door and stepped outside onto the veranda, lighting a cigarette. The bedroom door was half shut. Louise snuck out of the library and crept up to the bedroom door. Through the doorframe crack, she saw Great Aunt Vivian on the bed, burying her head into her palms and sobbing. Louise continued down the hall. She thought about stopping to check on Great Aunt Vivian, but she wanted to see how Great Uncle Billy was first. She hadn't talked to him since the incident. There was obviously something upsetting Great Uncle Billy right now too. Maybe they could relate. She walked out onto the veranda, hugging her arms around her body as a cool wind blew past her. Great Uncle Billy was standing out by the three chairs off to the corner, puffing on his cigarette vigorously. Great Uncle Billy? Louise asked. The man looked over at her before taking another drag. Shouldn't you be in bed? He asked, inhaling the smoke. Louise sat down on one of the chairs. I can't sleep. Nor can I, Great Uncle Billy said, taking a seat beside her. The two sat in silence. Louise wasn't exactly sure how to bring up the conversation. She wanted to talk about Maxwell. She wanted to ask Billy what was going on. There wasn't a clear way of asking. What's happening? Louise asked. I beg your pardon? Great Uncle Billy asked. I mean, with Maxwell, I mean, Mr. Connors' body. Louise whispered. Great Uncle Billy glanced over at the manor's entrance. No one was there. I took care of it. No one needs to know about this. Can I tell Lisa? Louise asked. She knows everything about me. No. Rutherford Manor has always had a difficult time staying out of trouble. Even if we are not in the wrong, we don't need that kind of attention. But you said Mr. Connors was, a uh, was bad. A uh, pedophile? Louise said, exaggerating the vowels of the new word. Yes. He is also a respected man. He has a family and made contributions to the town. We can't make wild accusations about him. Even if they are true, we have no proof. And me being... Great Uncle Billy raised his hand, waving towards his face. The wrong skin. The law wouldn't listen to what I have to say anyway. Louise had never thought much about Great Uncle Billy's skin color. She also never thought about someone who would try to violate her. She knew nothing. I feel hollow. Her voice trembled. What you went through was horrific. Disgusting. It's not your fault this happened. But you can't go trusting adults so willingly. Everyone has their own agenda. Not everyone is out to help you grow like your family does. Everyone at Rutherford Manor holds such high moral standards for the family. We protect each other. Others will try and use you. I don't understand, Louise said, sniffling. A sneaky tear managed to crawl out of her eyelid and down her cheek. She wiped it quickly. How am I supposed to know? You know now. He took advantage of your innocence. That 
is what men like him do. I may have gone a little far with what I did. You didn't need to see that, Great Uncle Billy said. The curse has a way of taking over. Louise found the gore to be the easiest part of the day to swallow. It'd been shocking, but it accounted for only a fraction of the swirl of confusion she felt. Curse? Louise asked. Family curse. He took a deep breath. <sighs> Louise, my mother wanted a child so desperately, she made a dark deal with a demon. Little did she know that her child would be forever bound to the demon. Louise's eyes widened. A demon? Like the devil in the Bible? Billy shrugged. I'd say it is much worse. I've never seen the Christian devil. Munat is real. Is that why you killed Mr. Connor so effortlessly? Yes, I am no stranger to that world. What did you do with him after? Louise asked. I come from a long line of hunters, Louise. I know how to make a corpse disappear. Great Uncle Billy finished his smoke and flicked it off the veranda. We need to teach you some self-defense. Self-defense? Louise asked. Yes, you need to learn to defend yourself. To be perfectly blunt, you're a pretty girl and you'll grow up to be a beautiful woman. You get it from both your parents. Many people in our society lack morals. Evil men will want you. They will try to take you. You will make them pay. Louise would normally say thank you at being called pretty, but the idea that possessing beauty could lead to harm unnerved her. Now, anyone calling her beautiful had lost its charm, for the predator had left his mark, an ugly and permanent scar. I can teach you to do what I did to Mr. Connors, Billy said. Louise felt her stomach twist. I don't want to do that to people. At least, I don't think so. She thought back to the rodent and how she'd poked it with a stick while it was dying. She remembered the feeling of fascination it gave her. Maybe she did want to. I'll teach you to hunt animals. I'll show you how to track, skin, and trap. We can also practice how to fight hand to hand and eventually use weapons. You'll be self-sufficient. This was real. She was going to learn how to defend herself and attack people the way Great Uncle Billy had destroyed Mr. Connors. Her life was never going to be the same. She would never be so vulnerable again. Does that mean we get to be in the forest more? She asked. Great Uncle Billy nodded. That is where the hunt is. Thank you, Great Uncle Billy. Louise shook her head. You saved me today. You want to help me now. I don't know how I can ever make it up to you. Be you. Be strong. That's how. Louise nodded. That was going to be a tough thing to live up to. She felt so weak right now. How did you know I was in there with Mr. Connors? His office is just across the street from the butcher shop. I saw you from the window. I've had my suspicions about the man. I've seen the way he looks at girls. Call it instinct. I could smell him. Instinct, Louise thought. Her intuition had told her to come out here and talk to Great Uncle Billy. She'd sensed something was wrong. The midwives called it intuition. Great Uncle Billy? Louise started. I wasn't just unable to sleep. I heard you and Great Aunt Vivian talking. I heard crying. 
Great Uncle Billy's lips pressed together. Are you okay? She asked. Great Uncle Billy fiddled with his thumbs. No, it's the family curse. Is it going to make you hurt Greta and Vivian? Great Uncle Billy smiled and let out a chuckle. For some reason, he thought the question was funny. No, Louise, the curse is more complicated than that. It brought me great shame. It has hurt my wife, and it angers me. Great Uncle Billy folded his arms. We've been married for just as long as you have been born. We've been trying to have children of our own this whole time. We've had no luck. We are both defeated. All this time? Louise asked. Yes. In recent years, Vivian has been a little more persistent. We are getting older. There will be a time when we can't have children due to our age. I feel like I have failed her as a husband. I've tried other methods, some based on Western medicines, others not. Nothing seems to help. Have you asked Great Aunt Lilith? Louise asked. No, I don't want anyone to know. The shame it brings is not worth it. He paused. Now we have a secret on each of us. Great Uncle Billy had a strange sense of humor. He was right, though. Now they shared secrets that made them both feel shameful. Great Uncle Billy's secret was much older than Louise's. She had no idea that he and Great Aunt Vivian had been trying to have a baby for so long. Can I tell my sister? We tell each other everything. I'd prefer if you didn't. What if both of us can help you? Great Uncle Billy shook his head. If you two could, I would be humbled. Please don't bother. I think the curse has forever damned my bloodline. Great Uncle Billy was a good man. He watched out for everyone at Rutherford Manor, despite not being related by blood to any of the family. He protected Louise and worked with her father. He was loyal. Yet, the man couldn't have the one thing he wanted, his own family. Louise pondered over his curse caused by a real demon. She wasn't exactly well versed in what curses were. Father Haywood rambled on about the greatness of God every Sunday. His solution to everything was to pray to God. But if God was so great, why did Mr. Connors do what he did to Louise? The whole faith was flawed. Great Aunt Lilith talked about strange supernatural things. The midwives talked about them too. Louise had witnessed it. They were attuned to other forces. Those forces were real, like the demon. Great Uncle Billy, Louise said, I think I know of someone who might be able to help you. And that is the end of episode 11 for the Fire, Pain, and Ruin episodic audiobook series. Looks like uh, Billy and Louise are getting a little uh, more buddy-buddy. And we learned some dark secrets about Billy and Vivian. They aren't so dandy, Billy's kind of sad, and Louise has a plan. I guess we gotta wait and find out what that plan is in episode 12. I hope you enjoyed this, and if you can't wait, definitely grab the book to find out what happens next. Also, if you want more stories, I have my Patreon, where a monthly short story is released every month with extra bonus material, so check that out too, and uh, we will be back with episode 12 next week. So until then, take care.